Amber Rowling. How are you doing today, Jenny? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. We just got back from the summer, or it was it's the East Side Summer Fest Festival or something. I just like that. drove by that. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. You should yeah. you should check it out if you have time. Um, we went last year, and I think it was two days, and then this year they changed it to one day. But yeah, there's a lot of people down there. Some good food and yeah, some events and everything. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely will have to check that out. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, anyways, um. Tell me about yourself. Are you from Lansing? Well, first I want to say that Katie's your sister, and she was on. She was previously on the podcast. Yes, Katie is my. Are you guys twin? Babe, twin no, sisters? she's my baby sister. So there okay. is seven of us. Okay. And uh, I'm third to the oldest, and she is the baby with her twin, um, Kathy. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're my. I was eight when they were born. Wow. Yeah, I remember changing their diapers and babysitting them. So So do you guys have a good relationship or is it more of like the mother hen type um, so, type of relationship? You know, with there being seven girls, we all have very different personalities mm. and their very different experiences and perspectives. I like to say that we're close when it matters. <laughs> and that's really important, yeah. you know. So um I would say yes, you know, um we all have our differences. You know, we've been through a lot, but we are close when it matters, and that's what's important. That is important. Yeah. And uh, she shared a little bit about your guys' past when she was on the podcast about yep. your mom and everything. And I could imagine that going through something like that would kind of fortify your guys' relationship a little bit. And complicate it. So mm. going through trauma, you know, uh, family, again, different perspectives, different experiences, stuff like that. And also the healing process, you know you're at different ages, you're going to heal in different ways. Um, so yes, it brings you closer and tears you apart. It brings you closer. And, you know, that's kind of what, um, I guess, trauma and coming from a dysfunctional family does. Um, but again, you know, we're definitely close when it matters. And that's really important for us as sisters and our children. That is, that is important. I think it's awesome to see, to be able to talk to two different sisters from the same family who experienced the same thing and see that you guys are I mean, essentially killing it. I mean, you guys are doing great. You guys are mm -hmm. successful in the, in the sense where, you know, like most people who experience some of those things go down these dark paths and they let that define them for the rest of time. Right. And you guys seem to be using it as a way to kind of catapult yourself into a better mindset and into helping other people. Yeah. I, you know, I definitely would say that that's not how it started. But it's never definitely, does. <laughs> never does. So I was 15 when my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was actually the oldest at home at that time. My two older sisters um, were no longer living in the house. And so um, being the oldest at home after a tragedy, you know, and a uh, trauma, that was kind of hard for me to actually function and go to school. So I didn't really take the right path. I actually dropped out of school when I was 15. Wow. So, you know, I was the one that I was the first one in the house after my mom had passed and I was the one that had to call 911 and wow. all of that. And so there's lots of trauma that comes from that and knowing where to go after that. <laughs> um, the very first day I went back to school after my mom had passed, there was a person in the attendance um, office that basically said to me, oh, I heard your mom, you know, shot herself or oh, blew her head God. off or something. I can't remember the exact term, but that was the very first person I had encountered. And I was like, what? 
what am I doing back at the school? Like, you Somebody know. Somebody who worked in the attendance no, office? No, it was a student. Oh, a student. It was a student. They, oh, don't, okay. they don't know what they're, what they're <laughs> doing when they're teenagers. So um, it just made it hard to go back to school. Yeah. So I had decided that it just was too hard. And, you know, my father, who we were, you know, living with after, um, you know, that we were still with after my mom had passed, um, he was not in a good place either. And he, you know, we didn't have a good relationship and stuff like that. And he, you know, was an alcoholic growing up and he had a hard time going to work. And so he's like, okay, if you don't want to go to school, you need to work. I'm like, okay. And he said, you need to help me pay bills. Whoa. So at, it was, I had turned, just turned 16. I was working at Olympic Broil. That was my first job at 14. I started working there and he said, if you work, you know, if you don't go to school, you're working and you're going to help me pay bills. And, you know, yes, you think it's a dad that's like telling you that because he wants to teach you something. No, he needed bills paid <laughs> because he wasn't going to work, you know, like he should oh. have. Money was, wasn't really coming in, um, at the, you know, steadily. Um, he did work for, you know, Fisher Body, so he did have oh, okay. a decent job, but he had called in way too much, so he wasn't getting you know, the, the funds that he needed to get. Was it, was it because of, um, um, the loss of your mom? Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, they, they, it was a very, I guess, tumultuous childhood to where, you know, he was an alcoholic, there was abuse in the house. Um, he actually had just moved back into the house after being in jail for um, domestic violence. Oh, wow. So he wasn't living at the home. He was there. I mean, I can't say just moved back in, but he was only there for uh, so many months. Um, because before that, he had went to jail and was living somewhere else. Um, so, you know, it was very, it was just not a great time, um, you know, with my mom letting this abuser back in and, you know, her going through her own depression and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, we're left with this father who wasn't living there before for a little while because he had went to jail and now being left with him because our mother had passed away. So of course I was struggling trying to go back to school and I, um, wanted to, um, still, you know, help provide, you know, so I worked full time at the Lansing mall those little kiosk stores, like the little kiosk, like carts in the middle. Wow. They would hire 16-year-olds during the day. They didn't care <laughs> if you didn't go to school. So I worked there full time. And, you know, my dad would hand me, you know, utility bills like, here, pay this, here, pay this, you know. Wow. Um, and, you know, I wasn't going to school. Well, when I turned 18, I I had to go. I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, I, I, I left. I just had to go find myself. Um about a year after I had moved out, I had met my husband, who I'm married to now, and we kind of both were not in a great place, and um, we started dating and got pregnant pretty quick with our oldest, and he, um, I, I like to say that my husband and I saved each other, but so did our children. Our children saved us, so we both decided that we really wanted to change our life, and we wanted to change, we wanted to stop the cycle of, you know, our childhood and Um, especially me, like that's really been really big for me. I wanted to stop that cycle. Um, Were you you noticing behaviors in yourself that you didn't like? Yes, absolutely. Like um, just definitely not making great choices, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And then when we had our first son, um, Quentin, we were like, no, we're definitely gonna do, you know, right by him. And 
We want to um, make sure that we're, you know, living a positive life for our kids. So I kind of emerged myself into being a mom. I wanted to be a better mom than what my mother was to me. And, you know, we wanted to be better parents. So I decided to go back to school and I didn't want to get my um, GED. I was, I wanted that diploma. Well, it was kind of a, a crazy thing. It was the same adult ed, which was Waverly East. It's the same adult ed that my mom had tried to go to multiple times to get her GED because my mom also was a high school dropout. So I wanted so badly to get that diploma, not the GED. I wanted to finish it. So I actually graduated um, with a diploma four days before I gave birth to my second son. Whoa. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> but I was determined to get that high school diploma. Um, so I got that. And then after that, I just really did emerge myself into being a mom. And I'm proud to say that I have three boys. Um, Quentin, the oldest, he graduated from U of M. He works for Yahoo Sports. Um, cool. My middle son uh, goes to Oakland University. Um, and he's doing great. He's got one year left. He's actually my nonprofit's um, intern. So that's super exciting. He's working on our website and our app. And then my youngest son just graduated from East Lansing High School, and he's um, going to be attending MSU. So we're definitely a house divided, U of M, Oakland. That's cool, though. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. MSU. I think so. it's uh, it, it, I think it's really cool that you went back to school and you already had one kid and you were pregnant mm-hmm. with another. Yeah. I mean, because most people would let that define their define them like, oh, right. I'm too busy. I can't go. I can't do it. Right. I just can't do it. Right. Um, and I think like for a lot of people, when they hear about like a high school dropout, they just think, wow, that person's a loser. Yeah. But but then they don't really realize that you know that person might have had a lot that they were dealing with. And for you to actually go back and get it, that's, I think, yeah. I think that, I mean, in my perspective, looking at your story, it seemed like that was like the start of you kind of like, like setting up a future for yourself. Yeah, definitely. And setting the precedence for my children. Yeah. So when my youngest graduated high school, big tears, cause it's like, you know, mm. high school dropout <laughs> and all three <laughs> of your children are graduating from high school. Like that was a really big thing for me. That was really exciting. And now to have all of them go to college, my oldest son was the first in our immediate family. So his parents and both grandparents to actually get a college wow. degree. So that's like huge. Wow. And so defining, you know, breaking that cycle is yeah. big. That is and, huge. Yeah. And they're great. They're so great. And they're going to, they help me a lot with my nonprofit, so um, that's really exciting too. When did you decide that you wanted to start this nonprofit, and what exactly is the nonprofit? Yeah, so I started it a little over two years ago, and I was working for the state at the time, and I um, have always wanted to do something with mental health. And since my children were getting older and I was thinking about you know, what I wanted to do, what do you want to be when you grow up <laughs> you know, after, <laughs> after you're a mom? And so I said, I definitely want to do something with mental health. And, you know, I've always struggled, you know, with different things with mental health. I have a lot of friends, you know, and I, I um, have encountered a lot of people that um, have dealt with different things with mental health. And, and it actually does run in our family, you know, obviously, with our mom um, taking her own life. Um, and she had struggled with depression before. So I'm like, I really, I want to make a difference, not just in my own family, you know, I had already done the, you know, stopping the cycle, you know, they're stopping the abuse. I t- 
didn't, you know, I was not one of those abusive parents or, you know, you know, I really wanted to stop that and, you know, raise them in a positive way. And so I'm like, how can I go beyond my children and my family and help other children? Because I was also, I was that forgotten child, you know, the school just let me drop out and nobody really cared. And, you know, it's like you get kind of stuck and you're in this, you know, poor family that has, you know, tragedy and trauma and you kind of get lost and, you know, you don't have somebody telling you like you matter, like you can live a positive life, like you can change that cycle. And I think a lot of people um, in those institutions, like schools at churches or whatever thing you're a part of, when something like that happens and they, they see that you're the poor family who just lost your mom and that you're not going to school anymore, they're like, Mm -hmm. well, she's not going to make anything of herself anyways. So why even try? Yeah. And that's, and that's really sad Yeah, because it, you know, it, took a lot in me to try to change things, you know, try to do things differently and look toward the future, like wanting to change that, Mm. you know, the cycle of being the high school dropout and coming from an abusive family, you know, stuff like that and and trauma um, and wanting to change that. So it started when, you know, I noticed how great my children were turning out and how it can happen. Like, you know, you can change your life, you can live in a positive way, but you do have to choose positive outlets. Mm. So Positive Somebody, that's my nonprofit, um, and um, Positive Somebody comes from, one, you are somebody, you're not, you're not nobody, <laughs> and you are somebody, and that you can have a positive life. And really, having a positive life has so much to do with mental health. You have to choose coping in a positive way and having that positive mindset to be able to live that positive life. And how's that going to start if you don't have the tools? You're never taught. You're never taught how to cope. You're never taught, you know, that you are somebody and that you can, like, live a positive life. Yeah. So I'm like, where do I get started? Like, how do I get started? And I, you know, I yes, I have my high school diploma, but I never went to college. You know, I don't have a degree. Um, Because after I did get my high school diploma, I just was, I was, a mom, you know, I worked part-time different places. My husband, you know, worked full-time, but you know, I just wanted so badly to be there with them and be a good mom. So that's what I focused on. So getting started really was talking to people, networking, talking to teachers and psychologists and different things like, you know, what can, you know, how can I get started? Does this ideal sound good? You know, talking about different things. And so Positive Somebody, what we do is we distribute positive coping tools to schools and other organizations. So our um, our positive packs, which I brought, um, I brought one for each of your children. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're so awesome. They have um, journals because um, journal writing is really important. They have other things in them like um, fidgets, positive affirmations, um, breathing techniques, um, how to journal. We have different... Um, um, like journal prompts and stuff that they can do. We have so many different types of fidgets because that's one thing that I've learned is that one fidget's not going to work for the next person or one positive outlet's not going to work for the next person. So we, um, our positive packs have fidgets, journals. Um, we have a breathe stone, which is super awesome. A what? A breathe stone. What is that? So the breathe stone and, and our breathe stone poem. So the breathe stone is literally a stone and it says oh. breathe. Does it just remind you? It's, you know, it's like, have you ever heard of the worry stones? Um, I don't think so. So the worry stones, like when you're, you know, like anxious or something, you want something to be able to, you know, rub or whatever. 
So it comes, we have the breathstone and it's the breathstone poem um, that mm-hmm. it comes with. And it says, I, I am your breathing stone. Keep me near. When life starts to fill you with worry and fear, hold me in your hand nice and tight. Close your eyes, breathe and say, be gone, worries and fears. Everything's going to be all right. And wow. so that's one thing that's in our positive packs. Um, so um, we distribute positive packs. Um, we're in 10 schools in Michigan right now. Wow. Yeah. And um we are looking to expand. Um, so we distribute them to teachers and counselors um, and social workers. And uh, we also are in works right now with the Lansing Police Department. Um, I actually have a police sergeant on my board. Oh, very um, cool. So we're hoping and we're this close to having the police patrol vehicles carry our positive packs in the trunks of them. Oh, wow. So when they do encounter children out in the field, they have something to give them. And yeah, to like help them, you know, know, obviously that there's positive coping that they can do. And, and that was another thing to try to reduce the negative coping. So that's like addiction and violence and all of that. And and that's a really good idea to give it to police officers because they're essentially the front line of the people who struggle the most. Yes. And, um, the police sergeant that's on my board, you know, he said, what a great thing to be able to you know, give to a child when you're, say, waiting for a social worker to come or something like that. Um, And we have been in touch with the social workers, too. So there's three social workers for the Lansing Police Department, and we've already got the okay for them to carry our positive packs. So that's super exciting. Um, Have you tried reaching out to, um, like, local foster care agencies or anything like that? Yes. So we are – lots of things are in the works. So starting a nonprofit is definitely – a labor of love. It kind of takes a long time if yeah. you don't have the means or the connections. And you don't make money. <laughs> you don't <laughs> Which make, is difficult. you spend a lot of your own money and that's fine because it's yeah. like a, you know, it's passion. a passion. Yeah. Um, so we just got our 501c public nonprofit um, wow. last November. Congrats. Thank you. It's so <laughs> exciting. And so now it's just trying to get, you know, funding and get our name out there. Um, we just had our very first event, which was the Family Mental Health Fun Day. Mm. And what that was, it was so amazing until we got rained out. <laughs> we got rained out halfway through, so that was frustrating. But we had a really great turnout at the beginning. And what the Mental Health Fun Day is, um, is setting up stations. So we use weather emojis for our emotions. So that's another part of our um, nonprofit is, you know, talking about emotions and regulating emotions. So we came up with our um, other um, emojis. So we have the sun, which is happy, content, you know, feeling good. We have our cloud, which is like tired, you know, you're sad, you're kind of feeling meh. Um, We have our storm cloud, which is um, you're angry, you're upset, you're sad. We have our tornado, which means you're enraged, you're out of control, you're acting (laughs) out. And then my favorite, we have the rainbow. And the rainbow means healing and Mm. recovery. So we had stations set up for each of those emotions. And the kids got to come. And um, we had big posters to talk about the, you know, the weather emojis and the emotions. They got to play a game or do an activity. And then they got to fill their positive pack with all of the items that they love, you know, that, that they can see themselves using for positive coping. And we had one of the activities was really great was filling a sensory bottle. Um, you fill it with rice and you put 10 items in it. And then you, um, when you're upset, you shake it and find all the 10 of those items because it kind of takes a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a good way to distract yourself. It is. <laughs> it is, especially when you're like really upset and you're yeah. out of control. So 
Um, that was really fun. And we had vendors come. We had some, some vendors drop out, but we had some vendors come. We had therapy place that come and talk about how important therapy is, you know, can be. We had a yoga place come. We had the state police come. Um, we had a DJ. We were playing music. And so. That was really cool. It was a it lot is. of fun. I seen that. Yeah, I seen. Ka- I think Katie might have invited me to that. Yeah. I was, I was busy that day, though. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I recently just interviewed somebody. Um, her name was Vicki Maynard, Maynard, something like that. Okay. Um, I can't remember the organization that she works for, but it's a suicide prevention mm. agency or Is it organization. like Out of the Darkness, maybe? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, can't, I don't know if she has her business card over there. Um, but anyway, she was telling me that um, she – they her and the organization put together like uh, packets of information to pass out at schools for essentially like suicide prevention. And they don't want that in the schools because they, they're afraid that it might influence people to commit suicide or to to be suicidal. Yeah. So I, I definitely see both sides. Like you definitely have to educate people on suicide, but I'll give you an example how it can be, and I hate to say the word contagious, but it's like, uh, you know, like they see it and they're like, oh, is that a solution, you know, to my problem? Um, When my oldest son was in high school, um, one year they had two girls take their own life. And um, one of the girls was earlier in the year. And then at the end of the year, the, the other girl and on her social media post earlier in the year, um, the girl, the second girl that had taken her own life posted a couple of times about the first girl. Whoa. And so it's almost like you want to educate them on suicide, but you also want to give them other solutions. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You, you don't want them. It's like the negative coping. Right. Like suicide is, you know, a negative part well, of that. So I, I, th- I understand the fear of wanting to talk or of talking about it in schools, right. but I, I would think that it would be almost beneficial to, have resources available and the tools available for people who are struggling like that. Absolutely. And I know that like your, your packets there, I mean, even though they're so simple, they're just simple things. I feel like it could be very beneficial to a lot of kids. And on the back of our breathe stone card, we have the suicide prevention number. Oh, so it's like, you know, you want to include that, but you don't want that to be the only thing. Right. And so I think maybe that's why schools are a little like, yeah. okay, what else are you going to give? Like, So I definitely think it's important to, you know, educate on suicide and, and stuff like that. But also it, you don't want to that be, to be the focus. No, you, ha- yeah. you want it to be more. And so, and, and I'm not even looking at it as, as a school standpoint, I'm looking at it as a mom standpoint and a, and a survivor of suicide. Like you want other options like that can't just be the only thing. And that's one thing with positive somebody, we want to partner with so many different um, nonprofits, you know, um, just like our, our family fun day, we want to partner. It's, we're not in competition with each other. We want to partner with them to show that we're in this together. You know, we're not going to, you know, positive somebody's not going to supply everything that, a school needs, you know, right. so we, you know, I've had a meeting with Ellie's place on partnering with them um, because we don't do grief counseling or anything like that. And so just bringing in all of those resources. So I would love to talk with the person that you spoke with before, because it's really, I think I, think I hooked, hooked Katie up with her. I think okay. they, I think they linked up, but I will also, I will link you guys up too. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh-huh. Um, absolutely. So it's, it's kind of, and also too, with kids, you know, younger and older, you kind of have to, um, be at their age level and their right. mentality, like right. what can they understand? What can they comprehend? Stuff like that. Yeah. And we're trying to focus our positive hacks on, you know, their, um, where they're at, you know, mentally with their, with their mental health. And so that's important too. You don't want to introduce things too early or right stuff like that do you customize them based on age so because we're a newer nonprofit, we have a lot of things coming and we are working on our customized journal and our customized customized journal is so awesome we're so close to having it done uh and it includes our weather emojis so we have our journal pages which has our weather emojis on there and it says how are you feeling today circle which one you know how you're feeling we have journal prompts in there uh, and, you know, positive affirmations, stuff like that. And then we also have coloring pages and drawing pages and um, positive word pages. We have breathing technique pages. We have, um, cool. yeah, stuff like that. It's not just about um, writing in a journal. Right. Because sometimes you don't want to write about your feelings. You want to draw about it or you yeah. want to color it or something like that. That's actually a really good idea. I never yeah. thought about it that way. Yeah. It's like some, I mean, some people don't like to write, but. I mean, a lot of people, most artists, most artists get rid of their anxiety or they, they're, they funnel their depression into their artwork. Absolutely. I do the same. Yeah. That's actually a really good uh, point. Yeah. I make art and I, uh, I definitely, it's like all of my feelings and everything in there. Yeah. So almost every artist, at least almost every artist that I've talked to on the podcast has something messed up with them. (laughs) Like some sort they've, they've gone through some sort of depression or anxiety, or they have some sort of mental health issue that like helps them be as successful as they are as an artist. It's very interesting. It's interesting too. I've thought about that and I, I really believe that it has something to do with their thought process. When you go through, you know, mental health issues or trauma or something like that, your perception is different Mm. and you see things differently. It's almost like you feel differently. Um, So, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, you definitely, it gives you, I mean, depending on what you went through, everything you go through gives you a different perspective on life and different perspective on different situations or on Mm -hmm. people or on emotions, on anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can definitely see that. So, I mean, and that's, you know, that I try to pour that into positive somebody, you know, everybody has the different type of maybe one person is depressed and the other person has anxiety or, you know, stuff like that. You have, you have to try to put the different perspectives in it. Um, I am really excited that we have a new thing with positive somebody this year. And cause we've been kind of trying to, when we do, um, distribute the positive packs, um, and we try to get the feedback and stuff like that. Um, some teachers that get it for the younger kids, they're like, Oh, it just, they just think it's a bag of toys. <laughs> and so it's like trying to reach, you know, the different age levels. Um, so this year, uh, we are starting our chapters for positive somebody. So our very first chapter is going into East Lansing high school oh, wow. and what it is, is like a school club. And, uh, I already have my board members, my student board members. And what they're going to be doing is the first semester, they're going to do activities like we're going to bring in Ellie's place and we're going to bring in yoga and we're going to do, you know, journals and just different things. So they're going to learn different positive coping, Mm. you know, art and stuff like that. And then um, in turn, the second semester, um, it's going to be a community outreach club and they're going to take the positive packs to the middle school and to the um, elementary schools. Whoa. And so that's cool. I know. And you know what? It wasn't even my ideal. It was a high school student's ideal. And she's the president of my first chapter. She's wow. amazing. Um, 
And so she said, why don't we, you know, how can we get positive somebody in the high schools besides just the counseling center with the positive packs? And we sat down, we talked and we bounced ideals off each other. And she's like, you know, I would love to do this. And I'm like, oh my God, you're amazing. <laughs> like, thank you. And that's really, you know, growing a, you know, a nonprofit and growing, you know, community outreach, you really need everybody's input yeah. and everybody's, you know. Well, um, I think that's important too for mental health because especially today, like mental health, there's a mental health crisis. And oh, especially absolutely. in the young, young kids and young, the younger population with the advent of like social media and just their phones and it's so easy to get depressed right and uh or be anxious or whatever it is um but when they have something that they can contribute to and they're helping other people and they're a part of this community in Mm -hmm. a sense that's helping other people and helping the community and helping people who are just like them it gives them a reason it gives them hope and it gives them a way to be inspired and not feel alone not feel alone yeah yeah it's a sense of community yeah absolutely so we're excited about that. Um, That's cool. To see how it's going to work out. And I think that, you know, it kind of will help with the younger kids that think it's just a bag of toys when if they have these high school students come in and present. Show them how to use it. Yeah. So it might just be, you know, stick a little bit better in their mind when they go home with it. So is it something that's going to be like an after, after school program? Yeah. Okay. Well, do after school program, but then the community outreach, we're going to work with the schools to see if they can go, you know to a classroom, um, oh, okay. you know, like their time during school. So, um, a lot of the seniors, um, I know we talked about, they have like their free periods cause not, you know, not, they don't always have like a full schedule or something right. like that. So right. we're definitely going to work through that. It's kind of, you know, just like building this, it's trial and error where, yeah. you know, it's what works and what doesn't, you kind of just add and subtract as you go. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, how do you guys get funding for, this so i have a really great board (laughs) and so any i think any nonprofit just starts off with friends and family and they kind of fund it um we are you know now since we are 501c public nonprofit we're trying to get grants and different things um we do a lot of just you know little fundraisers here or there uh in our family um our family mental health fund day we had like a uh, silent auction stuff like that and we had people donate uh, so right now it's we have a few sponsors um, one is otter base um, that has you know um, sponsored uh, positive packs for us apple market in fran um, in the girl spec neighborhood oh, cool. just you know it's just reaching out to the community right now so it's a lot of community funding we are really hoping to gain funding um yeah in, in the future um from how, grants and stuff how much like does it cost to put one of those together so with our um customized journals because that's what we're looking to do because right now we have just um ba- you know just the plain journals um with our customized journals it's probably going to be about ten dollars a bag that's not um, bad yeah um and it's really because i'm you know when you spend a lot of your own money on it, you're going to do everything you can to, yeah, to make it cheap. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I shop around, I try to get the best deal. Yeah. If it's on Amazon, I literally, I will message the company and I'm like, what if I buy five? Can I get a better discount? Oh. And literally nine times out of 10, they will respond back and say, yep, here's a code. Wow. Yes. Thanks for the heads up. Yes. You have to like, <laughs> you have to, you know, and I put it out there like we're, you know, we're a nonprofit and That's you know, cool. we, you know, how much, wow. you know, how much more of a discount can you give? And I've done that so much and people are willing, you have to put that out there. That so. is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you should I, I would I would I would say that you should like get together with um the Lansing libraries. I feel oh. like I think that would be a good outlet too. Yeah. Cuz they they I know they help with like a lot of local nonprofits and mm-hmm. and helping provide resources and yeah. stuff. That would be We're on the list for the United Ways next round of funding to apply for it, not that we're going to get it, but um we're on the list to um, to be an applicant for the next one. How um, difficult is it to apply for funding? Because I know some people um, that have nonprofits also, and they say gotten, that it's difficult. It is so difficult. So we have been turned down twice for the City of Lansing grant. The and one that's going out right now? Yes. Wow. And the re- it, it goes out in June. They fund it in, is it? No, September. Um, you have to apply for it in January or February. And I go to the meetings and I talk about positive somebody we've been denied twice and it's really for sustainability. Um, the city of Lansing grant, they don't want to be the only one funding you. Mm. They want to see other big funders. So they fund people like the boys and girls club and community mental health and St. Vincent's, you know, um, or, um, Salvation army, like stuff like that. So, you know, I'm kind of in, uh, and you know, it's, the pond with these big fish and I'm like this little fish trying to say, what about me? Like, um, so I, I believe that third time's going to be a charm. <laughs> so I'm applying again, you know, this next year and it's, it's just going to take applying and applying, but it is really hard because you have so many big nonprofits that are already established, you know, and they're, yeah. they're like, Oh yeah, we'll give you money. You know, you're big and right. we already know you, we already right. know what you're going to use it for. And so right now we're still kind of in the mode where we have to prove ourselves and to prove yourselves, you have to spend a lot of your own money and get your friends and family and local businesses to help you. Um, So is there a way for people to donate money? So our website, positivesomebody.org, which my family's amazing. My children are are amazing and they help me with it. My oldest son, Quentin, and my middle son, Alden. Alden is our intern um they're doing a great job on our website but there's a donate button um positive somebody.org so and if somebody wanted to put these together could they donate those or is it just so strictly we also have funding? a we have a wish list on okay. amazon so that's another way that they can donate they can you know purchase the um the fidgets and stuff like that so there's lots oh. of different ways that um they can donate we have a, a t-shirt um uh fo- like a it's an ongoing um fundraiser so they can purchase um, one of our t-shirts or sweatshirts and we get a portion of the proceeds from sport stops um, sport stop is um, they're in mason grand ledge and st john's and they have been a really great supporter for us they printed t-shirts right here cool. That's cool. <laughs> um, so um, there is a shop button on our um, website and so if you go to the shop button and purchase a t-shirt um, sport stop will print it and ship it and then they give us a portion of the proceeds that's very cool yeah what is your ultimate goal for for positive somebody is it to be just a local nonprofit, or would it be to take it like globally i would love to eventually take it national that would be my dream right now i'm trying to focus on definitely getting it more than just the lansing area we're in lansing and um, Saginaw area. Um, I'll give you a quick rundown of my board. The president of my board is my sister, Jamie, another one of the seven. <laughs> um, she has her master's in social work from MSU and oh. she's a social worker in Saginaw County. And so she has been a great resource for me and starting this and just a continued support. She's been helping with, you know, updating things and, 
ideals and stuff like that. So she's the president of my board. Um, she's been with me from the start. That's kind of like we're a family of mental health. You know, like we all <laughs> want to change, you know, the, the aspect of mental health in our community. Um, but I have, um, I'd say you guys are doing pretty good. We're trying, you know, we're trying. Um, I have, uh, two teachers on my board. I have, um, just people that are passionate that have come, you know, from mental health, you know, dealing with mental health issues and they just want to change, you know, make change too. I have a police sergeant, Brent Sorg. He's on my board. He's a Lansing police sergeant detective. I got to add that in there. (laughs) Um, and so, and he's our liaison and it's a lot, um, for the Lansing police department. And it's just getting people involved that are just as passionate as I am and wanting to make change. Um, so my hope for positive somebody and my goal is really to just change the conversation and to normalize it. And I actually, I brought my, the poem here that it, it started with me when I wanted to start it. It's actually, it's, it's a quote from Glenn Close and, um, and I, she's an actress and I, she actually is a big advocate for mental health. So she said, what mental health needs is more sunlight, more candor and more unashamed conversation. That's so important. So my goal is to go nationally and make it to where mental health is not a shameful thing. You ha- bring sunlight to it. Make it like this is a normal thing, and yeah. it actually can be a fun thing because positive outlets are so fun, Yeah, you know? So, yeah, definitely our goal is to be bigger than just the Lansing area someday. I think that the talk of mental health has become more, more like, open and... Mm-hmm nuanced I guess I mean whereas like maybe five years five to ten years ago it it wasn't wasn't, it wasn't something that you would talk about right and to talk about it was almost like a sign of weakness yes I think that you know for me being a survivor of suicide um when you say survivor of suicide do you mean your mom yes okay and I say that because there's different types of survivors you know you come you know you survive your own but I'm a survivor of suicide because I didn't, you know, go down that path or let it define me. I didn't right. let, you know, so, you know, my little mm. tattoo for my, yeah. for my mom. Um, because when her story ended, it didn't end my story, you know, I, even though I was a child. And so I liked, I think that anybody that even just didn't um, have those thoughts themselves, if you have a loved one or something that took their own life, you're a survivor too, because you survived, you know, them ending their story. And so, um, being a survivor of, um, of suicide, like I just want to, I lost my train of thought, <laughs> like, cause I'm like talking about, you know, we were talking part, about like but, the openness and how oh, people are. So back then, um, when my mom, cause it's been so long, I was 15, I'm 45 now. I don't really care to say my age. Most women <laughs> have a problem with that. I don't really care. Um, she, um, it was frowned upon. So I think it comes from suicide is considered a sin yeah and so in the religious realm yes in the religious realm and so that played a big part too you know and when um it happened because i think people don't like to talk about it because of that yeah they're like oh it's kind of like adultery nobody really wants to talk about (laughs) you know it's like oh suicide and but it's it's kind of coming out of that um people are starting to talk about it more and not you know i feel like I struggled with it because of the whole sin thing. Um, and Are you religious? So that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I definitely am a believer. I'm okay. a believer in God. Um, I've had many struggles with um, churches over the years for many different reasons. I always 
refer back to the bumper sticker that says, God save me from your people. <laughs> so I'm a firm believer that there is a God and there is a heaven and there is, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in that. I'm very spiritual. Uh, my problem is religion. Mm. Just so, the everything coped together under one, one umbrella? Well, one umbrella. Or it's organized. Organized. It's, you know, what, what happens to people in religion and their mindset. Religion often makes people more judgmental when you're not supposed to be judgmental. Yeah. And so yeah. I've just had a lot of, you know, struggles with that. Um, and again, that's a whole nother podcast, but I'll give you a quick little snippet. My mom used to drop us off at church. All seven of us girls dropped us off at a Baptist church. Mm. She didn't go. My dad didn't go. So she would put us in a dress and drop us off at church and leave. Wow. <laughs> and we were the poor kids. We were like the Ooh, pity those kids type of thing. And so that was a, that was a struggle. And just how people treated us afterwards at the church where my mom had passed and it being a sin, you know, so almost like you guys were at fall for it. I mean, like it wasn't um, more or less because it's a sin, like, like a pity. Oh, oh, like, yeah. Like they didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to, it's, you know, I remember during my mom's funeral, the pastor saying, pray for her sins. Like, what? And, like, and I'm just like, sins does, are you talking about? Cause she took her own life. Like it just, I had always struggled with that. Wow. Um, that is crazy. Why would he say that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I've had issues with other people in churches just being very judgmental. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's not how God wants you to be. So I would say that I'm definitely a spiritual person. I'm definitely a believer, but I'm also a believer that God is a forgiving and loving God and that he loves everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where I yeah, I, I grew up in a Baptist church, Ooh. so I, I understand exactly yeah. everything you're talking about. And I'm the first person to be critical of, about religion and people who are like extreme, like extremely yeah. religious. But I have met so many people that are religious and they go to church frequently and they're the greatest people ever. I have met some really great people in churches. I definitely have some really great um, religious friends. Yeah. Um, so I, I it's more or less the institution of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of those things too, um, talking about the institu institutionalized like church churches is that it's part of this old system that was kind of put in place. And one thing I'm starting to notice, cause I have a brother who was a pastor and he, he's doing his own thing too. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to like essentially reform the way churches are and the, the, the way they were. And, that's one thing I've noticed like with different people that have been on the podcast is that like they're, they're starting to join churches that are, I guess, different. Mm -hmm. Like they're not like the stereotypical Baptist church where you go and you have to wear a suit and a tie and women have to wear dresses and yeah. or skirts. And if you show up in pants, then you're judged. And it's almost like they're trying to be more accepting. And I think with, I mean, obviously there's still the churches out there that aren't. But I yeah. think with the progression of society and the way yeah. that people are trying to progress, I think churches are slowly starting to do that too. Yeah, I we belong. When my children were little, we belonged to Riverview for about six years. Okay, um, and we had a falling out with them. Um, again, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that one today, but I definitely yeah. will come back on and talk about okay. that someday. But I've had yeah. definitely issues with, um, with you know, just the 
I guess the uh, how people how people um, turn out when they think that they're more godly than you. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. the problem that I have. Yeah, I, so. that's the problem I have too with yeah. churches. Yeah, um, I actually haven't really been to church since I was like seventeen. Oof. Yeah, I stopped. I tried going. a few different churches when my kids were little, and we were at Riverview the longest. Um, but I definitely. I don't like, I, and I think it comes from coming from, you know, this poor family of, you know, a dif- dysfunctional yeah. poor family um, and how people viewed us at that time. Um, it's kind of the same thing with church. Like if you don't come in looking a certain way or donating a certain amount or yeah. <laughs> if you don't yeah. do a certain, you know, certain things, like you're kind of frowned upon and that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and it was interesting too, because now that I look back um, at the church that I went to growing up, the families that had the most money seemed to be able to do whatever they wanted in the church. And they had the most influence Yep. and the people who didn't have this much money were kind of like stomped over. Yeah. And now that I look back, I'm like, yeah, it was definitely, it's definitely about money in oh, some, in some aspects, but I mean, just like everything else, money corrupts. <laughs> absolutely. And I, so that's where my spirit, um, <clears throat> spare, spirituality, um, comes from is like, <clears throat> sorry, let me get a drink. You're fine. Bit. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have anything like against churches. I don't have anything against people going to churches. Um, I just, again, like, like you had mentioned, I don't like how people are judgmental. Like you should be able to go to church dressed in jeans and a t-shirt if you want and be accepted because you're there, you're there for the same reason they're there. Right. And it shouldn't matter if you're wearing a suit or tie. Even if I remember the pastor that pastored our church growing up, he was like, um, I don't remember why he said this, but I just remember him saying, if you were meeting the president of the United States, you would wear your best attire. And I'm like, no, I, if I was meeting the president of the United States today, I would wear probably what I typically wear, which would be like a t-shirt or like a nice shirt and a pair of jeans. I'd probably wear this to like promote yeah. positive somebody. Yeah, you should. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It shouldn't matter. And that's definitely where I'm at right now um, with religion is that I believe God loves me just as much as, you know, <laughs> as somebody that goes to church every day. And I in turn want to spread that to other people like no and I think even though positive somebody's not religious and I don't want it to be because I want to reach everybody I also you know the way that I feel about how God feels about me and being you know I am somebody because right. I am his child um their child <laughs> um uh you know I want to then put that into positive somebody like right. you, you are somebody like you matter and just like right. you know and so I don't ever like shove religion down people's throat. I don't ever talk about that I'm a believer, but I definitely do throw it in there sometimes like, you know, that I am a believer and that I do believe that God loves everybody. And so I feel like I, in in a way, am doing God's work just by being kind and giving and loving. And Well, that's what we're supposed to do as humans. Absolutely. As, I mean, even if you're not religious, you're supposed to be giving back to your community. You're supposed Absolutely. to be helping other people. I mean, that's just like, that's just part of being a part of a tribe. Yes. Is, I mean, and the community is our tribe. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm a big, I'm, uh, like, uh, that's one thing. Like, since I started this podcast, I, I never really was a part of the community. But then by doing this podcast and meeting all these different local businesses or nonprofits mm-hmm. or artists, I'm like, like, it's important to be a part of the community that you live in because... Yes. 
if you're not making a, a difference in the community, who is? Right. You know, and if everybody didn't do that, then who who would? So, you know, what's really funny is that, you know, I struggle with, am I, can I do this? Can I, you know, do this nonprofit? Can I make it what it is? Or why, why me? You know, like, wh- how do I believe that I can do this? And I go to therapy. I have to. I love therapy, just so everybody knows. I, you know, it's maybe not for everybody, but I love it. Um, and um, my psychologist said, well, if not you, then who? Yeah. And he says it to me all the time, and I'm like, oh, you're right. And um, just to have, you know, your therapist say, you can do this. Like, I believe in you. Like, yeah. that's a big deal. And so, um, yeah, if not you, then who? Right. <laughs> then who's going to do it? And, and that's, that's almost like a, a, a way of self-sabotage, too. It is. By saying, well, I don't know if I'm capable of doing this, and I've been through so much. But the thing is, is, like, everything you've gone through, somebody else might not have gone through that, but they right. could be inspired by your story. Right. Or, you know, your story could be extremely influential to so many different people. Yeah. And... People need that. They do. People need your experience. Right. Just as much as your experience was, I mean, it was was probably terrible. And I don't know if you would ever go through it again, but it's defined on, you know, who you are today. It's created the person you are. Right. I mean, and, you know, I don't, I mean, of course I'm sad thinking about my childhood and and things that we went through, but I definitely don't let it define me. And I, I learn and grow from it and, and sharing my story I do sometimes share it and sometimes I don't. It kind of just depends on where I'm at in life at that time. Um, it definitely does inspire other people. I've seen that. And so that keeps me going yeah. um, to inspire other people. Um, so I definitely will keep going uh, with positive somebody, but I definitely want to put out there that it has been very trying <laughs> because <laughs> sure. there's so many like ups and downs and, you yeah. know, you, you something great happens and then something bad happens and something great. And you have to just keep going. And it, it's been two years, but it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So it's just like, keep going, keep going. Yeah. And you got to look at the little things that you've accomplished. Like you've got your 501 C three and now, now what's next. And now you, you have board members. I mean, which is awesome. You have people that believe in what you're doing. Well, I want to tell you about one of my board members, um, who's a teacher, who I have been friends with a long time, she, I had spoke to her before I even started it. And she said, you know, I don't know if, you know, positive packs are going to work. Kids are always on their phone. They want something on their phone. And um, she said, but I'll help you, you know, like what, with whatever. And so I gave her some positive packs to take in to school. And she's an, at a high school teacher. And she, um, she took in some positive packs and she had passed them out to a few people um, and she told me about a couple of good stories where, you know, students were excited, but the turning point was when, um, a student that wasn't supposed to graduate cause they just had a rough life and just didn't, weren't doing the school thing like they were supposed to. She gave this student a positive pack. And, um, when she graduated, she brought her breathe stone and she wow. was like, I, you know, thank you. And thank you for doing this. And so in turn, that teacher said, what do you need for me? I believe. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So she's been helping and she's, you know, and it's those little stories that I keep hearing those big stories. They're yeah. Not little, they're big where we are already making a difference in the community. Even if you make a difference in one person's life, it's worth it. Right. Yeah. I mean, because that girl might not have graduated high school yeah. if, if she didn't have that. Right. Right. So 
we've been hearing a lot of great stories and, uh, you know, great um, feedback from counseling centers and stuff like that. So we're in um, Holt, Lansing, Waverly. We sent 150 positive packs to Oxford High School after they had, yeah, um, the shooting there. Um, And then uh, we're, uh, again, in Saginaw County. Uh, We're definitely branching out, East Lansing, um, we have lots of things in the works with other school districts, so we're just trying to get out there. But definitely funding is, you know, is is a difficult thing. So that's, yeah. that's the second part of the nonprofit is the phone calls with, hey, you know, would you yeah. like to donate to support the school, you know, right. stuff like that. So Yeah, that's not the fun stuff. It's not the, <laughs> it's not the fun stuff, but it's the needed. Yeah, it's the yeah. Needed that's, stuff. that's what you need to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... Now, you had mentioned that you guys are developing an app. So, yeah. So, my son, um, my two my older, my older, two older boys, um, they both are, well, one has their degree in computer science and engineering, and then the other one's getting it. So, they're very tech savvy. So, they're working on our website right now. And then the app, super excited about the app. Um, the app is going to be um, online journaling and positive mental health items and what it's going to be is logins and it'll have like a main login for teachers and uh, counselors social workers and then it'll have sub logins for their students and when they log into the app they're going to be able to choose how they're feeling that day uh happy sad you know angry whatever um and then they have the option to write something about it or you know maybe color something with their finger about you know like it'll send them to do other things but then in turn, it, um, the teacher or the counselor or the social worker will be able to log in and see how all of their students are feeling that day. So wow. because sometimes, you know, maybe, you know, little Susie's not going to tell the teacher, hey, my parents were fighting last night and I didn't sleep at all. Right. You know, they're not going to say that. The teacher's going to look and be like, mm, she's tired. She, you know, looks really exhausted. Yeah. And it's just kind of a way that kids aren't going to go to the teacher and say, um, hey, I'm not feeling well. They don't do that. They're not going to talk to you, but they might write it online. They might, you know. That is such a great idea. Yeah, we're super excited about that. If you use the first five minutes Mm -hmm. of school every single day for every class. For people to log in, journal, like journal Mm -hmm. how your night before or anything the night before was and Mm -hmm. or just talk about how you're doing and you share what your mood is. Yep. That's a super good idea. Yeah. So we're excited about that. it's going to take a while, you know, like everything else, it's a a marathon, um, (laughs) not a sprint. And so that's definitely, he's, um, Alden's in his senior year. So it's something he's going to be working on throughout his, um, senior year as our intern. So very cool. I know that is so cool. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for what you guys are doing and I look forward to hearing more progress and having you back. Um, I noticed you have a lot written down there. Was there anything Um, else you wanted to share? I, well, it's funny because, you know, I just, I, I know that this is supposed to be organic and a conversation, (laughs) but I, you know, I find myself when I go and talk to people that I always forget something Mm. and, you know, my kids are like, oh, you should, you can tell them next time, just make, you know, make another (laughs) and go next time. Um, And I think we touched base on, on most everything, you know, what we're about. We're about promoting positive mental health um, by encouraging positive coping and positive outlets. Um, so I think a couple of things I didn't mention is that we are looking um, for different partnerships. Like um, I'm meeting with the Lansing Art Gallery because we want to promote positive outlets for children. And so um, they're going to be one of our 
positive outlet uh, partners. So if kids want to learn how to, you know, paint or draw or something they have classes so we're looking to partner with all these different places and that is the um the other program that we have it's called the roberson bell grant and um what that is is we want to promote positive outlets for children so that's um art music they just want to learn how to ride a bike they need a bike and the equipment and somebody to teach them like um that's going to be where uh teachers or counselors can nominate a child and say this is what their positive outlet is going to be yeah and then in the future we want to have um positive outlet camps um and positive coping camps just a day camp where kids can come and do the same thing that they did at our family mental health fun day but when they leave the camp we want them to leave with their positive outlet so they're going to tell us before they come that they want to learn how to play the guitar that i'm looking at in your corner over here (laughs) or they want to you know whatever they want to learn like we want them to leave with that so we don't want our nonprofit to just be our positive packs. We want right. to be able to promote positive coping in all the ways. And positive outlets are huge. You yeah. have to be able to do your, you know, physical health or, you know, um, yoga, yeah. sports, you know, well, stuff some, like that. Some people don't have the resources available to yes. have those outlets. Like and if somebody wanted to learn how to play a guitar, but they can't afford to buy a guitar. Or I mean, lessons. How, yeah. Or lessons. How are they going to ever learn? Right. And that's They're what not going to have the opportunity. That's what we want to do. That's obviously the bigger picture thing. It's the growth thing that we want for a positive somebody is to have that grant to be able to fund positive outlets for kids because in turn, they're not going to choose the negative outlets. Right. They're not going to choose right. the group of friends that are getting them in trouble or, you know, skipping school or not going to school or not focusing. And they're going to be super excited about yeah. their positive outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for somebody who doesn't have the resources and then mm-hmm. now they do, they have something that they can dive into and yeah, it's huge. Huge. So yeah, it's so positive. Somebody's not going to be just positive packs. We have, we want to be able to change mental health in all aspects for chil- you know, for children and young adults um, to be able to know mental health is not just therapy. It's not just, you know, um, you know, feeling like you're crazy. It literally yeah. is a daily thing. It's coping and, you know, stuff like that is it's different daily and you have to just choose positive ways to cope journaling and yoga and music. And, and it's just fostering that we want to foster positive mental health in our community. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So awesome. Is there anything else? Um, I, I, I think that I told you all of our, um, yeah, I think I told you all of our programs. I touched base on our, you know, on our childhood and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, there's more to the trauma that yeah. we didn't d- dig into, but that's okay. At least you know where it. That's one of those things. From. Yeah, that's one of those things that's difficult for me to try to like dig up on people when Their trauma that, and especially when it's, it has to deal with around like losing somebody. Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh boy, like I don't want to catapult somebody into like this deep depression. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I can say with therapy and growth, I've been able to talk a lot more about my mom. I I think people get kind of, um, they get kind of like, whoa, she's very blunt and honest Mm. about it. So I'll, you know, I'll tell people, you know, um, when we start talking about families or something like that and 
I, you know, I, it kind of just comes out, you know, yeah, I, my mom died, you know, of suicide when I was 15, you know, and they're like, oh, wow, it, how are you standing? People, people like get very shocked when you <laughs> say that. That is funny because I, I've never experienced anything like that, but it, I've experienced, you know, like the loss of a parent by going into foster care and yeah. um, going through the whole system and whatnot. And so that's like my trauma. But whenever I'm telling somebody, I was just telling my neighbor today about it. And because um, she was like asking me where I was from. Mm -hmm. She's a newer neighbor. And uh, I told her I'm from Florida. And I went into the foster care system and I was adopted. And she was like looking at me like, like, how can you just say that? Just, you know, yeah. it's just one of those things that when you've gone through the process of healing and and now it's just a part of your story and who you are as a person, then you don't let it define you. And no. you can use it as a way to, you know, like, better better yourself yeah. and and it and in a lot of ways it's an icebreaker it is it absolutely because, is because yeah. people are like oh wow that person is just as messed up as me <laughs> or at least was <laughs> or at least was no I, I i feel like it also too just brings the normalization of different things that happen to yeah. people yeah you were in foster care you know like yeah you didn't let it define you, you right know? my i up with a, an abusive home with a mother who committed suicide or you know died by suicide like you know you don't let that define you yeah you're not going to let that hold you back from what you want to do well so. the more and more i do this podcast too and talk to different people i realize how messed up most people's lives are and yeah. uh, most people experience a lot of the same things it's just yeah. before like nobody talked about it and like with the mental health crisis and people you know, feeling like they should make a positive change by talking about their stories. Like it's becoming more known that these were some of the tendencies of the past. And, right. and yeah, it's crazy to hear other people's stories. And it's like, wow, that's just like my story. Right. And, you know, as a child too, I had friends from, you know, middle school and high school that said, I never knew you went through that. I never knew mm. that, you know, your home life was like that or, you know, they never knew. And so now that I talk about it, they're like, wow, yeah. you know, that like, how can you, how are you still here? Right. <laughs> how are right. you still, how are you ab able to be this positive? Right. Yeah. And you know, and I always tell people that what I did to come out of it, one of the items that I did to come out of it is I watched other people. I watched my friend's parents who had good marriages or I, I watched my friends, you know, like, um, grandparents or, you know, different people doing positive things. And I kind of took all these positive things from other people wow. and kind of just was like, mm, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. I like that. I like that. Wow. And so that's kind of how I turned my thought process around. Like, you know, I'm not positive every day all the time, but I try really hard to just have that positive mindset when I go into something. And I, I, you know, when, when it comes to like Mother's Day and Father's Day and stuff like that, I find myself calling people that have made an, you know, an impact in my life, you know, friends, parents, and, you know, neighbors and stuff like that. And I'll just tell them, you know, I picked up this motherly thing from you. And I just want to thank you so much for that. And wow. I think gratitude's very big too, because I try so hard to, hard to tell people how thankful I am for them. And so it, you know, I'll, I'll call a teacher, an old teacher that I had and tell them, you know, how much I appreciated this or that or whatever. And so I just picked up the different, I guess, um, positive qualities from other people that's important mm -hmm. that's a that's a really good perspective mm -hmm. and and I guess trait to have because yeah. not a lot of people do that yeah you know most people again let their situation define who they are and they're like well this is who I am yeah. and and I think that's cool I, I don't I'm trying to think of like if I did that because like 
there, there's definitely been people in my life that I'm like, I, I like that about them. Right. And so I don't know if I've tried emulating that. You probably did and just didn't know it. Yeah. 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 But there's definitely people that have influenced me and they like inspire the crap out of me. Yeah. And, but I like that you, you actively. Um, oh, yes. Let those people know. Oh, absolutely. I definitely try so hard to thank them and, you know, and let them know. And if they're not here any longer, I did, I reached out to, um, one of my counselor's um, children, and that's where our Roberson Bell grant comes from. I had a counselor, Mrs. Bell, um, who was a good, you know, positive impact in my life. And so I let her children know, like, oh, my God, she was so great, you know, to me. And I just want to thank you, you know, tell you how important she was in my life. Um, So, and I had a friend whose mom was so important to me, and I made sure I let her know, like, your mom was so great to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I wanted you to know that she really impacted my, you know, impacted my life. And so I definitely let people know. I have a, one of my best friends, her dad was really great and not having like great male role models in my life. I definitely let him know. And he got pretty emotional about that. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely, I just so thankful for the people who I have come across that are super positive and, you know, are a positive influence, you know? Yeah. And that's another thing with, you know, positive somebody is just letting people know that they can find positive in life. They just might have to search for it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't typically have to search too hard. Yeah. You can, you, you can just have find to look it. in the right places. Yeah. You have to look in the right places. You have to have the right people in your life too. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm thankful that there's people that made me feel like I was somebody when I, you know, I, i never felt like that, you know, at home. So, well, that's a perfect name. Positive somebody. It is. You know, I, people are always like positive somebody. Like, what is that? <laughs> well, you know, you don't want to say somebody positive, um, you know, cause that's just. It's more individual. Yeah. And this is just, it definitely is, you know, that you are somebody and that you can have a positive life. Like you can choose a positive way. Like you, like you're doing this podcast and you have this great family. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can choose that. Yeah, you can. You're like me. We <laughs> chose positive lives. It's you important. can choose. Yeah, you can choose. You have the choice. You definitely have a choice. Um, yeah, I, I have so much to say on that. I just, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> no. And you know what's funny is because I pick up positive, um, I pick up little, you know, positive traits and things from people. I am so aware of like people talking and stuff like that, or just, I'm like such a people watcher and listener and stuff. I was taking a walk one day and this lady was on her phone and I was kind of struggling with, you know, getting positive. Somebody started and, you know, can I do it? And it's stressful and different things. And, um, I wanted to go back to school, which I, I'm in my second year of college, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, and I work full time, <laughs> my kids are grown so I can like do that now. Um, but I was listening to her on her converse, you know, her conversation just as we were walking And she was like, "Um, you have to decide if you're going to live your life for good or for evil. I'm telling you this right now. She was like yelling at somebody. (laughs) That phrase has stuck with me. Wow. Are you going to live your life for good or are you going to live it for evil? Like you, you're at this crossroads. You have a choice. What are you going to choose? So just little things like that stick out to me. And so it's funny because I didn't even know who this person was. I have no idea who this person was. But I think about that. I'm like, you... You're, you, this is your choice. Yes, positive somebody and getting it started has been hard, but you can choose this. Like, yeah. just like I chose to 
to raise my kids a different way. Right. You know, and to break that cycle. And, you know, you ha- you can choose. You really can. You can. And once you make that choice, your life just feels so much better. So much so better. So much better. So much better. That's a, I, I like that. You can choose to live for good or for, for evil. evil. I love I that. I like that. I love that term. I, and that's just stuck with me. And the thing is, me. like, even if you chose to not do positive somebody, mm-hmm. like, it may fe- feel evil to you that you're not, you're not yeah, contributing no, to it. Yeah. Cause then it's now it's a part of who you are. It is. Yeah. Even though it's not evil. <laughs> right. 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 It's you're just a, not contributing to, right. to the community. Anymore. I mean, I'm definitely proud of myself for coming out the other side. I mean, you know, my husband and I have been married. We didn't get married until after we had our second son, but we've been hey, married. That was like me. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, That's so, a sin, just so you know. I know. <laughs> you know, the pastor that did our wedding was like, they did it backwards, but at least they still did it. Um, and yeah. So um, we, um, yeah, even though we did that, like we decided, you know, like that we wanted to, you know, just to be positive. So, and we're so proud that we chose to stay together. We've been married over 20 years. Wow. And, uh, our kids are phenomenal. They're so great. They're just so great. And they're so helpful with positive somebody. Um, my middle son and his girlfriend are doing our, they designed our, our weather emojis. Um, my youngest son, he packs so many positive packs with me. We have to pack 150 positive packs for Waverly high school tomorrow. So I'm like, all right, Evan, you got to help me with that. (laughs) So, and they don't, they do, they do it. They just, they help. That's cool. And that's good for kids to get involved in something like that because then they know they're making a difference, even though like they didn't start it, but they're part of the process. They're part of it. And And they're proud of it. Yeah, they should be. Yeah, they're really proud of it. Because they're making an an impact on other people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's exciting. It is exciting just to choose positive. Let's end it with that. Yes. Thank you for doing this. Thank you so much. This was fun. And we'll definitely do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely.